When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He konai ipurangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Nā mihi nui, and welcome to Elemental, RNZ's regular chemistry podcast. I'm Alison Balance. And I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. This is episode 69, which is Rhodium. And this name comes from the Greek Rhodon, rose-coloured. As opposed to Erbium, which we talked about in another earlier episode. It put the rose-coloured into spectacles. <laughs> Indeed it did. So, vital statistics. Uh, elemental symbol of rhodium, RH, atomic number 45. That's putting it smack bang in the middle of the transition elements. And it was discovered in 1803. Regarding its discovery, if you go back and have a listen to the Palladium episode, you'll get the story of the isolation of rhodium. And uh, this was obtained by one William Wollaston from the solution obtained by dissolving impure platinum in aqua regia. So, if you recall the Palladium episode, he first obtained Palladium from this solution, uh, and then when he treated it further, what he found was beautiful red crystals of rhodium trichloride, and that's how the element then got its name. So it's a precious metal like palladium? Oh, yes, indeed. Rhodium is uh, very much uh, one of the so-called precious metals. We've talked uh, quite a bit about a few of these in recent episodes, so palladium, platinum... And it's certainly got a price to match. So uh, the current price of rhodium, it's going to set you back 137000 New Zealand dollars a kilogram, which is, I think, about the most expensive of the elements that we have talked about so far. Oh, um, that's pricey. Very pricey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you think that's pricey. If you go back to June 2008, uh, rhodium was selling for 490000 New Zealand dollars a kilogram. And that seems a lot, and it is, but then a mere uh, six months later, in November, uh, it was selling for $49,000 a kilogram. That so wasn't the... a very good investment <laughs> if you bought it earlier in that year. <laughs> the price of rhodium dropped tenfold over around about six months. So <laughs> you have to do a little internet sleuthing to find the reason for this, and apparently it was, like everything else that year, the global financial crisis. So companies started hoarding rhodium uh, because they were very concerned about the supply from South Africa, whether that was going to continue or not. And given that the major use, and this is sort of greater than 80% of rhodium, is in catalytic converters in cars, it's, it's actually very, very good at reducing the amount of nitrogen oxides, which we certainly don't want. So when one car manufacturer decided to unload their rhodium reserves because they weren't selling enough cars, the price then crashed. So it's got lots of similarities then with palladium and platinum, and not just in that pricey price, but its use in catalytic converters. Yep. Any other uses for it? Okay, so uh, it finds use in the glass industry. So it's often used in mirrors and optical fibres. 
and also jewellery. Rhodium metal is in fact very, very shiny and it's often used as a coating on cheaper metals to make them look, uh, I guess, expensive. Rhodium's perhaps greatest claim to fame was that it won a guy by the name of William Knowles a share of the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 2001. And uh, he used a chiral rhodium catalyst to develop an enantioselective industrial synthesis of L-DOPA. Well, well, there are several <laughs> things about that sentence that I don't understand. So what does that all mean? Well, this normally takes a lecture in first year. But, we don't uh, <laughs> have a lecture, Alan. <laughs> so we'll see how we go. So I will explain the chiral bit first. So certain molecules are related to each other in the same way as our left hand and right hand are related to each other. And so if we we're going to describe them, we would call them non-superimposable mirror images of each other. In other words, they're mirror images, but you can't put them on top of one another exactly. They're always distinguishable. We call molecules that have that particular property chiral, and we call the individual molecules themselves, the two individual molecules themselves, we call them enantiomers. So chiral molecules and enantiomers are extremely important in nature. So, for example, all but one of our amino acids are chiral and even more remarkably, only one enantiomer of these molecules is found in nature. We, we talk about the handedness of molecules, left-handed and right-handed. And we find, for example, there's only one handedness of molecules in nature, which is really quite bizarre. And nobody knows how that came about. Uh, if you do find out, you'll win yourself a Nobel Prize. Anyway, I'm digressing. So what we also often find is that drug molecules are chiral and that only one of the two possible enantiomers is active. Now, the classic but very, very sad example of this uh, was thalidomide, which might be familiar to uh, some of the uh, listeners of perhaps my vintage. So this was a molecule that was used to treat morning sickness in the late 1950s. So while one enantiomer of this drug was, in fact, extremely effective at uh, the treatment of morning sickness, the other enantiomer was a teratogen, and um, that led to horrible, horrible birth defects. So uh, basically children being born without limbs. Uh, it was quite horrible. Hence it pays, and in fact literally, to only produce a single enantiomer rather than both on the industrial scale. So the reason that William Knowles won his Nobel Prize is that he came up with a way of making a single enantiomer of L-DOPA by using a chiral rhodium compound as a catalyst. And L-DOPA is in fact a well-known anti-Parkinson's drug. Just by the by, did you know that snails come in chiral um, yes. things? There are left-handed and right-handed snail shells. Yes, absolutely. Yes, chi chirality is everywhere. It's all around nature. It's wonderful. Yes. So most snails are right-handed. Uh, interesting <laughs> fact about rhodium, please. Okay. <laughs> Sticking with enantiomers, you will commonly encounter rhodium in lip balm, cough remedies, toothpaste and aftershave. What? <laughs> Why? How? <laughs> sort of for the same reason as the above, I guess, because rhodium catalysts are used to make synthetic menthol flavours, which we like to use to give a refreshing taste and cooling sensation in things like our toothpaste. Well, well, well. The ever-refreshing <laughs> elemental podcast, <laughs> leaving you with an unexpected minty aftertaste. <laughs> Don't forget, if you want to revisit Rhodium's chemical relatives, palladium and platinum, you can find all the previous episodes of Elemental at rnz.co.nz slash chemistry. Or you can find us on your favourite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and plenty of others. 
where you can also find a wide variety of other podcasts from RNZ, including Alison's wonderful regular science show, Our Changing World. Oh, gee, thank you. Thank you for that <laughs> shout-out, Alan. We're back next time with Rubidium. But until then, it's cheerio from me, Alison Balance. And from me, Alan Blackman. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.